podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before I jump into the podcast, go over and leave a five-star review. We really love those reviews. Leave some comments. I read all of them, and we would really appreciate that. But before we get started, I would definitely want to give a big shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market, bar none. Um, mention Coach Unplugged. You get $450 off, and you'll get the best customer service you'll ever expect. Um, just mention Coach Collins, and they'll take really good care of you. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the it is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's something... You know, when I started teachups.com, it was, uh, it, it was something, it was, it was what I would have wanted as a young coach before, you know, all the, the state championships and all the nationally ranked teams that I've coached. Um, and not to brag, just to, to kind of tell um, kind of my journey, I would have killed for this stuff because it would have made my life so much easier, a little bit of everything that you need to become a better basketball coach. And we are the only people out there that offer 14 day free trial because we believe in it so much. Um, follow the roadmap, work on your craft and um, you get me one-on-one mentoring. So I can't imagine anything better than that. I don't know. Um, anyway, go over and check it out. And let's head off to the podcast. But I'm also excited to talk to Gene today about basketball. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him introduce himself, and then uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about his basketball journey, and then we'll we'll talk hoops. So welcome, Coach, to Coach Unplugged. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your basketball journey. Listen, it's a pleasure to be on, Steve. I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, been a head coach for 30 years, came uh-huh. straight out of college and thought that, uh, knew it all. And, and, uh, believe me, I got blindsided by how much I didn't know. I started out in a small private school where I coached boys varsity, girls varsity, both JVs, no assistants. <laughs> and so, uh, I got, I did everything from redo the floors to run the concession stand, doing everything. And it was, you know, at that time. Being a young coach, you know, it, it really was just a, a blessing in disguise because I learned so much. Stayed there for three years. Uh, like I said, learned many, many, many lessons. And then I had the opportunity to go to North Georgia. A friend of mine, uh, we talked, and there was a need for the girls' coach. And uh, went to North Georgia to a school called Dade County. Not to be confused with Dade County, Florida, because whenever I tell everybody I coach to Dade County, they think it's down in. In Florida, but it's not. It's up near Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the northwest corner of Georgia. Okay. Stayed stayed there for 14 years, Steve. And, and let me tell you, blessed to have a bunch of good old, just hardworking mountain girls that believed in what we did. And, uh, I mean, the first year there, uh, we ended up winning the region title and, and going to state. They never had a winning season before. So, man, let me tell you, I could have ran for mayor there for a while. And, and it was just a great experience to there, uh, me and my wife had settled down, and we brought our old, our newborn son at that time there and ended up having uh, three other kids. And so we raised all four of our kids during that 14-year span. The Dade County just had a tremendous run there with some great young ladies. Uh, and, and this was a double-A school, only about 700 kids. And we ended up probably sending uh, 25 kids to play on college basketball. Even had a McDonald's All-American wow. come out of there. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, you're very fortunate to have a kid of that caliber. I tell people there's two types of coaches, coach. There's coaches with players and there's ex-coaches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good statement. I always tell them, as I start when I talk at clinics, I say, you know what, <laughs> two things that go real well together. And I said, that's it's coach of the year and player of the year. Because yeah. I guarantee you, those players a lot of times make you look like you know what you're doing. But do. I had a great – I had a great situation there. Now, uh, from there, kind of the little, little background of how I ended up at Buford was uh, I started looking really the, – the, the school that day was wonderful, but it really didn't have great opportunities for my boys. And my boys were getting to the situation where they were serious about sports and everything else. And so right. I started looking all across the southeast and trying to find the best place that I could go to give my kids – the best opportunity that I could have academic-wise, athletic-wise, you know, total package. Right. And God God blessed me, opened the door at Buford High School, which uh, Buford's right outside, outside of Atlanta. And uh, Buford has a unbelievable winning tradition. And, and a friend of mine was coaching there. And I was going to even go try to be his assistant coach. But then all of a sudden the girls' job popped open. Everything fell in line. Uh, been there. This is my 14th year there. And uh, we've had a great run here and uh, had a lot of success and a lot of, a lot of, we had to redo the program and have some ups and downs, but have, have really uh, built a, a really good program here, built on the right things and the core values and all, and very, very proud of, of what we've been able to do here. It's uh, it going, it, look, look, I want to unpack a couple of things. First of all, I, very similar experience. I, it, I'm coming up, this is 31 for me, I think, but uh I think all, especially for the young coaches are listening, you can read all the books you want. You can watch all the videos you want. You can do it until you've actually been thrown into the fire. You, you think you know it, but you, you really don't. Um, oh, boy. You're, you're, Steve, you're so right. And there's no – I tell people all the time, uh, there's no substitute for experience. And especially, no. like I said, when I, when I got into it, Man, it was such a blessing that I went to that smaller private school starting out because, like I said, I had to do everything there. And, and yep. so now everybody's kind of amazed and, and all that, you know, it don't matter whether it's wrapping an ankle, dropping the bus, doing whatever. Right. I've been able to do it. That's been a big, 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 big plus in my coaching career. So. Yeah, and I don't think people realize, too, that, you know, I'm sweeping the – I'm a high school coach. I've been 30 years. We've won three state titles. I've coached NBA. I'm still sweeping the floor. You know, that's what we do. Absolutely. You know, that's what high school coaches do. We're in – we're there every day, you know. Trust me, everybody in that school knows my name. All the janitors know my name. I was in there this morning with my son. So, it's like that's our lives. That's where we live, basically, you know. That's that's one of the things, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the kids nowadays and changes and all that. I'm more worried about the coaches than I am the kids yeah. because, you know, I see a lot of younger coaches come out. Like you said, I'm out there sweeping the floor. Right. They're like, now why are you doing it? Right. And I'm like, you know, it's what I'm supposed to do. It's, right. it's about excellence. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's just something, like I said, that really worries me now in the, co in the coaching environment is we talk about entitled kids. Right. Man, I see so many entitled coaches now. Yeah. They don't have any idea. You know, it's like that thing about my first three years. I didn't even know how much I was getting paid, man. I just knew, guess what? I was, I was doing something I loved to do and, man, had right. a passion for And, man, yep. I had the best job in the world. Yep. That's something I teach my kids, too. My, you know, the kids that live in my house with me. It's like find something that you, that, that you love to do and find something that loves you back, and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, you know, 
you might love playing the piano, but it might not love you back. So you got to find something that loves you, but loves you back and you'll do it. You know, coaching and, and teaching has been one of those things for me. Um, on a side note, we, you know, we love, we go to Sanibel Island a lot in Southern Florida and we drive through Atlanta. Atlanta has the worst traffic in the entire world. I'm telling you. Brother, let me tell you what. See, everybody, when I moved to Atlanta, I'm just old country boy. And they was like, well, how are you going to survive? And I said, listen, Buford's on the outskirts of Atlanta. So, right. yes, we've got our own little sub, you know, we got a little sub city out here. And right. So, we don't have to go into the, the uh, traffic and everything else. I couldn't do it. We were, uh, we were on vacation a little bit last week. And we came back to Atlanta and we saw all cars, you know. Sitting there, and I said, I told my wife, I said, listen, there's no way I could do this every day. I said, I'd, I'd have to find some, something else I'd have to do. So, like I said, right. it's a blessed bit to do, but you're right about Atlanta traffic, brother, but I don't get in it that much. Oh, yeah, that's, it's, it's crazy. All right, so let's talk some X's and O's. Um, uh, uh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. What, if you could only do three things at practice, what would those three things be and why? Okay, now the, it's, when you're asking that, that would be kind of I don't know about specifics of what what I would believe. What what I believe is three things you got to do to win a state championship. I truly okay. believe in these three things. Okay, you got to and, and what's going to be so funny is one of them we 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 don't we concentrate on three, but I'm base our program on something else too. So, but anyway, I think you got to be a great rebounding team. I think that that. Everybody talks about defense and all that, but man, let me yep. tell you what: to win win championships, you've got to control the boards. And so, you know, rebounding is the first one. Second one is is half court defense. Man, you got to have something that you hang your hat on, yep. and it's got to be one of your bases, and you got to be able to play half court defense. And then one that's overlooked a lot, I think, is half court execution. So, you know, those three things. Say that again, also, coach. You broke up on you broke. You were a little away from your mic on that one. Say the third one again. So, so it's half court execution. Okay. And so, and so, I believe you know a lot of people. I had to learn that the hard way. Now, when you look at our at our program, we are a pressing team. I mean, we press. We were one of the only girls teams around that press made and miss shot. I mean, we gonna press you from the time you get off the bus, and I believe in it. But <laughs> the, the pressing is not gonna win you a state championship when you get deep into the state. No, uh, you got you got to. You, and people don't believe that, and they don't have another backup plan. Yep. Uh, Preston is, like I said, it's going to be help you with transition, help you with a lot of stuff. But those three things right there is what what you got to hang your hat on. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So, so yeah, going think, back, I to think what you got to learn that. I think you, excuse me. I think you got to learn that the hard way because I had some teams that, no lie, had like three or four Division One guys, NBA guys, professional guys. I thought I could press all the time, and, and it's like then you run across that one team that's just going to come down and grind you. And if you don't out execute them, they're going to beat you. And you're not, you're right. You're going to win a lot of games doing that style, but you, I love that your third one is you have to be able to execute in the half court. I think a lot of young coaches don't see that. Um, and you got to experience. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I tell you, I, I don't think it's going to be a good idea to put us on the same uh, podcast because we're, I think we're already thinking way too much alike. And so uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Because uh, see, uh, at, at Dade, where I was there, man, we pressed so hard and our kids played so hard. But what we didn't learn to do was this, was we didn't learn to execute in the half court because we wanted to steal it or we wanted to get something easy in transition. So later on when you got in a state where people could handle you a lot better, yep. Yep. then you didn't know how to execute and get the shots you needed to by grinding. 
And right. we played for three three state championships there. Right. And I guarantee you, if I'd learned that lesson younger, we would have won at least three of them. <laughs> maybe know. played for more. You and I so sound like a bunch a hard, of hard lesson. If you and I sound like a bunch of old farts. My my best team, my best team had Wesley Matthews, who plays for the Mavericks right now. But my best team was 04, which was my first year that we went to the state tournament. We were undefeated. It was a great team. I ended up having three Wisconsin Mr. Basketballs on the team. And we lost because we couldn't execute. It's like I had to be – you had to be punched. And I think the problem with that, for the people that are listening, especially young coaches, like I said, you're going to win 95% of the games if you're the better team, if you're pressing and, and picking up tempo. The problem is – your boys or girls, have they need to kind of be punched. And if they haven't been punched during the season and they haven't experienced that team that just comes out and executes, they're not ready for it on the biggest stage, which is like the state tournament. Um, and that's part of it, too, is I don't think they're used to it. It's like they're just blowing people out. They're winning by 10 or 15. They're pressing people. They're getting easy laps. And then all of a sudden they get punched. They're high school kids still, too. You know, They don't know how to react to that. Yeah, and I think there's two things you got to do. One thing that we've done, you know, definitely at Buford is we go out and schedule the best people. I could care less now where our pro, and I think that programs have different levels now. I don't think everybody can do this. You got to get to a level. But right now, we don't care if we go out and get beat. And I don't, I don't mean it like don't care about losing. What I mean is I'm never going to find out what we're weak at unless I can play the best people and they can expose our weaknesses. So I don't care about the records. I care about playing the best people and how we compete against those teams and all because, like you said, to get prepared for the for the championships, you have to be hitting the mouth and you got to be see how you're going to respond. And right. uh, you right. know, it, it's so funny you said it. I had a great team back at Dade County that we would just be beating people thirty to four right. in the in the first quarter and. You know, what What you do is you try not to rub it in on nobody. So what do you do? You in the second half, you pull yep. your kids, you do this, you do that. Well, then when you get to the end, all of a sudden your kids can't play 32 minutes like that. Right. You and end they, up, they're not ready. all of a sudden you can't do it. They're not yep. ready. So it, it's a lot of pitfalls. i tell you the other one, Steve, that really that I, I've had to work with in the last two years with my team is this, is three-point shooting. Because we've had some great shooters. Yeah. Uh, in our program for the last three or four years. Well, they think I'm crazy a lot of times because I love to shoot the ball, but also every day I'm talking to them about, you better be able to grind because there's right. going to be nights those shots won't go down. Right. And what are you going to be able to do those nights? Right. And how do you react to it? And the thing is, like, there's a couple things that, I, that I've learned from, from, especially for the people listening. And it's going to sound crazy. We schedule, we schedule a national schedule too. We've spent the, we're not going to Florida this year, but we've spent the last six years in Florida, played in the Kingdom of Suns, gone to Myrtle Beach and beach ball. We played in some of the top tournaments in the country. Um, but we do that, again, I, similar. I don't care. I, those not, I don't really care. that Whatever happens in those because I'm going to learn. What I've learned is with age, too, is I don't, I, I don't really – it doesn't bother me when I get the bad official during the season. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll let them know that they're horrible. But it teaches us that adversity of – you know, all of a sudden you're on the bench because you're in foul trouble. I'm all of a sudden having to play more kids. We're kind of struggling. Well, then because it's a teachable moment at, at that point to the kids, I think. It's like, you know, you're sitting here because you've got three fouls and we're, we're, you know, two minutes into the second half. That's why you're sitting. And then the next kid gets their opportunity. And you can find some hidden gems that way, too, I think. 
Well, think about what's all over the media now, social media and everything else. Just kids can't handle adversity, and kids can't do this, and kids are not tough. If I if I if I talk to so many of the high school coaches around here and college coaches, their main complaint is the kids are just not tough. Well, guess what? You got to put them in tough situations. Yeah, you got to put them in yep. adverse situations yep. if you want to do that. You know, everybody talk about mental toughness and all they want, but until kids are put into those situations you're not going to really find out what they're made out of. And that's what, you know, it's like you're saying, you've got to go be put in those type of situations before you can really develop a heart of a champion in a program or in a team. And so, right. you know, like I said, we're, we're, uh, we're definitely preaching the same message to the choir. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, and I, and this is a big one. I don't know if it's as big for you, but I have to, I, you have to teach the kids what you mean by mental, t- what, what you mean by being tough. And you also have to teach them about, this is my big one. The last three or four years has been teaching them how to properly communicate um, on the court. Cause I tell them to talk, but they don't necessarily know what to say and how to say it. So we're actually, we actually have lessons like, here's how you need to communicate. You know, you need to give a direction what you want. You have to give the kid's name. All those things are so important now, um, you know, moving forward. And I, I don't know if as coaches we do that. You know, all these guys are saying they're not tough. Well, okay, how do we make them tough? Because kids haven't changed. Parents maybe have changed a little bit. But kids haven't really changed in 30 years. They're kids. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to take the easy way out. Well, listen, this so like I said, this is kind of crazy because we're kind of on the same page, but we have worked so hard in communication. It's unbelievable the last three or four years because I get, I get some mad all the time because let me tell you what, I tell them all the time, if you can text your, uh, your help side defense over there and tell them what to do, we'll all be in good shape. Right. By gosh, I can't, I can't put a cell phone down, but can't open their mouth. But right. I tell you what we did too is there's a great coach. You need to get him on your, on your podcast okay. sometime up in Georgia at Emmanuel College uh, called T.J. Rosini. Oh, really I know T.J. He's a PGC guy. Of course I know. Yeah. 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 Uh, and let me tell you what, he's a good friend, and we spend a lot of time. But let me tell you, we didn't even go up there and spend time with him because he has some really great communication drills and different things he does. He even makes his kids when, they, uh, when they're on the road, if they go into a restaurant, Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to McDonald's. They got to step up and they got to look at the person, call out the person's name, tell them directly, specifically what yep. they want, thank yep. them and everything else. Just does an unbelievable job with stuff like that. And we even took, uh, we take every Wednesday, 10, 10 weeks out from our season. Every Wednesday, we would break down 30 minutes of leadership. One of my sister coaches would do that. And then 30 minutes of, of a communication skills. And then we take 30 minutes of breaking down film because now, Film's so accessible to kids with crossover and huddle and all that. Right. A lot of them don't know how to break it down. They just no. watch it, you know, and so they don't know how to do those things. So communication is one of our big things. And, you know, we talk about it being the glue to defense and everything else. But I'm telling you, uh, there's nothing more frustrating nowadays than dealing with kids and, and trying to get them to communicate to each other. Right. And I've done that, too. I've done that. what the TJ thing does. It's like for any of the coaches that are listening, if you take your teams out to restaurants or something, Make them use the waiter or waitress's first name every time. It's like, you know, let's say the waiter's name is John. You know, John, I could use some ketchup, please. John, um, we're ready for the bill. John, we're – and it will just – you know, using that name, it's like that's such a PGC thing. But the, everyone's name is like – is that special little thing. Your name is special to you. And you'll always hear it across the room or wherever. Um, but, yeah, TJ's awesome. I'm, I mean, he – I was gonna have my last spring. Some things fell through, but you know, I'm a big P. I, I'm a big PGC guy. I think they do things really the right way. Um, they really yeah, and there's not many 
to me, in my opinion, which sometimes my opinion is kind of, right. kind of real opinionated, but uh, th- there's not many guys like that left that do it the right way. And Sam Allen and, and TJ and all them BGC guys, they do a great job. We've got a great relationship with all of them up here in Atlanta and have nothing but respect for what they do and how they teach the game of basketball because there's a lot of coaches out there now, but there's just not a lot of teachers anymore that really want to get down and break it down and make kids do the right things and do it the right way. So, like right. I said, I, I hate to say I'm old dinosaur, man. Like I tell everybody all the time, I guess dinosaurs go extinct. So <laughs> it'll be at some point, be the best you know, yeah, you know, but the, the, I'm a math teacher too. It's like the way they've been teaching math for 2000 years has worked. As long as you're willing to put the time in, it, it can work. Um, tell me a little bit about your coaching philosophy. Like if you had to summarize your coaching philosophy. Well, I think that what we're going to try to do is put three types of pressure on you. And, uh, but, because I feel like that pressure will eventually wear you down mentally or physically. Right. So the first type of pressure that we're going to try to put on you is, is definitely we're going to press you. And we're going to – now what's kind of crazy about our philosophy here is this, is we will get out there and, and see, we don't – when I was up at, at Dade, I didn't have a lot of athletes. So I really had to work with skilled basketball players and make players and all. So like with our pressing system, we run a lot more containment press than what we do with pressurized press because I think people get used to that type of pressure. So, number one, like I said, we, we, our, our base that we run is a one-two-two containment that we contain is really a disguised half-court trap. Right. So, we put pressure on you in the full court. But then what's kind of crazy is when we get to the half-court, we run a sagging man-to-man defense. And everybody calls it pack line now and all that stuff. You right. know, I was running this 25 years ago. Boys coach talked it to me and love it. Yep. But so we, we're going to protect that. We're going to protect the paint with everything that we do. So that's the first type of pressure is we're going to get you and we're going to try to wear you down in the full court and everything else. Now, the second type of pressure is we're going to try to really put pressure on you in offensive transition. So this is the other way. We're going to try to score on you really, really quick and make you get back and get do those things. But then is the other thing is after we don't, if we don't get an opportunity, now we're going to try to put you in half court and grind you. We gonna we gonna we gonna work until we get what we want in half court, you know. And we don't have shot clock still in high school, so you know, like I said, we gonna we gonna try to execute you. And like I said, that goes back to half court execution we talked about. And then the other th- third type of pressure we're gonna try to do is we're gonna try to really get on the offensive boards. So you know, you just see nobody. Like I said, and it ties into what we talked about winning state championship because we talked about number one, rebounding. Number two, half court defense. Number three coming back and being able to, to execute on half-court offense. Right. So the pressures that we're putting is also kind of pressurizing is going back into those type things. So, you know, when shot goes up, we're making sure our weak side wings and everything else is crashing the boards, and we're trying to put pressure on you that way. I just feel like that most teams, especially in, in women's basketball, are not going to be able to handle – if you're great at two of those, much less being great at three of those. Right. So, uh, you know, like I said, we, we, my philosophy's had to change a little bit because, like I said, 15, 20 years ago, I was all about full court all the time. Yep. Now it's more about full court. But now when you get to the area that you have to go half court, man, you got to be precise. You got to right. be like a knife. You yep. got to get in there slot. And I've noticed over time that really high school kids don't adjust real well either. You know, as you, as you, no. ch- things they just don't they don't just adjust to you know all of a sudden if you did something a little bit different um you know yeah that would cause some problems I think um what uh can you think of one coaching moment that you could dive into something that in your 
in your 30 years that a young coach would take could take something away from? I'll tell you, I think that we've already touched on it a lot, Stephen, and I I think this is so big is that you you've got to be able to grind to win championships. And I think you've got to be able to grind both in the half court and in when you have court offense and half court defense. I think those are so important. And I think kids now, they live in such a world of instant gratification that grinding is something that's foreign to them. Right. And I think that that's a big one is like we talked about, we're going to try to, we're going to try to press you and everything else. But when we get back in half court, man, you're going to have to grind to get good shots against us. Right. Then we're going to try to press. We're going to put pressure on you in the full court. We get it out. We're going to try to rip, roar, get something easy in transition. Right. But then if we don't, being able to switch it up. Um, yes. So, you know, I think the grinding is big. I tell you the other thing, I think that I, I probably, I, I think I may have the opportunity to speak at uh, Point Guard College again this coming up year. But I want to talk about this. I think this has really helped me is finding what your program is based on. Because here's what here's what I've kind of come to now is this is the foundations of our program is built on four things, and 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 these four things are what we're going to be great at. We're not going to be good at. This is where we're going to put all our emphasis into it, right. all our drill work to it. And the four things this is number one is going to be our our sagging man to man defense. I mean, we're yep. going to put so much because, like we said, that's one of the things. The other one is going to be our one-two-two press. Now, we, like I said, we're going to do some other variations, but this is what we're going to be great at. This right. is going this to be is the your one. Foundation. This is the foundation this of is, the house. Yes. This, this is it. Yeah. The other foundation that, we, that we've kind of – and this is kind of really weird is this, is uh, we run the dribble drive now. And as a, as a coach, as a uh, – what I say, an old-school coach, I hate the dribble drive because it's nothing about but about one-on-one basketball and breaking people down. Right. But now we love we love it because most high school defenses, if you can turn it and do what you need to do, you're going to get something good off of it. Right. So so our other foundation is we do all our shooting drills. We do all, all our work and everything off the dribble drives. That's our third foundation. And then the fourth foundation is was kind of a unicorn for us that we were, I've been looking for it in my coaching career for a long time is what do you do against the zone? Because so many, so many people run sets against the zone or they run this, they run that. We've kind of started this about three years ago, and it's been really good to us. Is we have zone principles. We we run a one out of a one three one set, but we teach our high post and our low post how to play off of each other and how they read each other and what's going to happen here and the ball goes there because we haven't we last two or three years we had a lot of big just wilding around post players so we had to be a little bit quicker and everything else. So right. we play we teach them to score off the short corner, we teach them how to score off the high post and how to attack off the high post and then how to play off each other. And then we teach our three perimeter players how some, some basically some principles of, of dragging off the baseline, of how to dribble loop and yep. attack and do anything. And then what we do is we just let them play together. And so right. now, especially in girls, we're not running stuff. We're playing basketball. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, make sure if you want to hear more, Go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you want to hear other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops and Teacher Side Gig by Coach Collins. And subscribe, like, review all of them. Five-star reviews would be nice. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.